You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Thursday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The only podcast that breaks down every Heat game, news item, rumor, and more. Thanks for listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or on the brand new podcast app, Himalaya. My name is Wes Goldberg. I am not going to be with David Ramil today. We're going to have a short show for you. We're going to talk about some of the Anthony Davis stuff going on. ESPN reporting now that the Pelicans are listening to trade offers for him. Uh, and then I want to get to ESPN's latest mock draft. So uh, ESPN providing content for a lot of today's show. Uh, their mock draft has some interesting stuff happening there, uh, but we'll get to that later on. I need to start with this Hassan Whiteside stuff. These Hassan Whiteside to Charlotte rumors that have been going on. Uh, basically, it all started with Whiteside posting some stuff on Instagram. He posted a picture of a Hornets bus to his story, and then a picture of just his face with the caption... For the confusion, hashtag stay by the phone. And I think a lot of people, and rightly so, are reading into this sort of stuff, saying, okay, well, is Hassan Whiteside, who was born in North Carolina, he's from there, is there an opportunity for the Heat to trade Whiteside to the Hornets? And, like, I think that's very realistic. Am I buying that Whiteside could get traded to Charlotte? Yes, I am. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that sort of is involved here. It's not as simple as, okay, you trade Whiteside to the Hornets. Look, do the Hornets need a center? They could use a center. Bismack Biombo's not very good. Uh, they used Frank Kaminsky quite a bit at center towards the end of the season. He started, he, he finished the season off strong. I don't think that he's ne- he's going to be the answer there. He seems more of like a bit guy for them, uh, a change of pace type of player, which is fine, but not an answer whatsoever at center. Uh, but they've got a whole lot of stuff going on. The Heat have a whole lot of stuff going on. Number one, Whiteside has to decide whether or not he's going to uh, opt in or opt out of his contract, of the final year of his contract. And everybody expects him to opt into that contract. He's going to get paid $27 million next year. He'd be crazy not to take that. Um, but the deadline isn't until the end of June, June 29th, for him to do that. Now, we've already heard reports of other players around the league making decisions on their options. So, of course, they can make decisions on that option. Whiteside can make a decision on that option and announce it and and either turn it down or accept it. He could, you know, put pen to paper before that deadline. And if that's the case, then all of a sudden that unlocks trade scenarios. But if he doesn't, the NBA draft is on June 20th, next Thursday. It's in a week. Okay? Kemba Walker becomes a free agent for the Hornets on July 1st, which is after the draft. That's how the calendar works. So the Hornets have to figure out what is going on with Kemba Walker. Now, they're obviously going to want to keep Kemba Walker. You can argue whether or not they should or not. They're going to try to re-sign him. They're going to try to re-sign him. Does Kemba want to stay there? We've heard reports from The Athletic that Kemba Walker and the Hornets are are kind of on the same page here where they are making each other their their number one option but that all sounds good in an article we will actually see what happens when Kemba Walker hits free agency now you could say that the Hornets shouldn't trade for Whiteside 
unless they can also re-sign Kemba Walker. You re-sign Kemba Walker, you bring him some help that he didn't have last year, you try to tinker the roster around him, I get it. But you could also argue that Charlotte should make a white side trade before July 1st, before they have any news on Kemba Walker. Maybe that helps your pitch. Maybe you say, hey Kemba, you're a small guy. Why don't we go get you a really big guy? And you could say whatever you want about Hassan Whiteside. He is way better than Bismarck Biombo. He is way better than Frank Kaminsky. He would give the Hornets something that they needed in rim protection and rebounding. They were not good at that last year. He definitely upgrades that roster. And look, look, I, I've gone at Whiteside a million times on this podcast. He had a really good year last year. Outside of the injuries, he had a really good year last year. He started to come on strong. He's, he looks like he's figuring it out. He made the Heat better last year. You couldn't always say that. But the Heat now have Bam Adebayo, who's really good, and he's obviously the future at that position. It makes sense to trade Whiteside. It makes sense for another team now to trade for Whiteside. If he opts into that deal, again, we expect him to do that, if he opts into that deal, he is still on an expiring contract. And if you're Charlotte, and if you can get off of one of these other long-term contracts, because the problem with them is that they're locked in to their roster, the roster that they have right now. It's Kemba Walker and a bunch of bloated contracts who aren't helping them. Whiteside could help them. And if you're Charlotte, I'm sure you're trying to get off of, you know, a Zeller or a Nick Batum or something like that. You're trying to get off of one of these deals that have really hurt their flexibility as far as constructing a roster around Kemba. And if you can move one of those in exchange for Whiteside, upgrade your roster. Now look, it's going to cost them. It's probably going to cost them a draft pick or two. And if you're the Heat, well, those are exactly the things that you need, right? If you're the Heat, yeah, you need roster flexibility, but even getting even if Whiteside were to opt out, you're not gaining any more flexibility, really. So you could trade them for one of these guys who come off not this year but maybe or not next year but maybe the year after that and that gets you in the running for the big free agency summer of 2021 it still keeps you engaged in that and maybe in the meantime you can add some draft picks you maybe upgrade the roster at a different spot look if you trade Whiteside for Nick Batum right now I think both teams get better and if you're the Heat you're gonna get draft picks in return for that the other option is that if you're the Heat, you could trade Whiteside for Biombo, who is on an expiring contract, and get dra- and just accumulate draft picks that way. And say, look, we're not going to help you out with the roster flexibility stuff. We're not going to take one of these big salaries off your hands. But you're also we're not also, we're also not going to ask for a first round pick from you, which you're going to need. We'll give you Whiteside for Biombo and a bunch of second round picks or something highly protected in the first round or something like that. I could see that being a possibility. So there's some avenues here. Whiteside needs. To work with the Heat for that to happen. Now, if you're a son Whiteside, you also have your own decision. Do I opt in? Do I opt out? Now, the reason he opts in? The money. The reason he opts out? Well, playing time. We know he wants to start. We know he wants playing time. We also know he's probably not going to get all of that in Miami. He should not be starting and probably will not be starting next season. That's Bam Adebayo's job now. He's earned it. He also has earned most of the minutes. He has also earned the right to close games. He's better suited to do so. He's the future at that position for Miami. So if you could trade, if you're white side and you're kind of looking at this whole situation, 
this could be the best possible option for you. I get traded to Charlotte where I am the clear starter and upgrade on that roster. I get to keep the $27 million that I was supposed to make next year, and I get to go home? That's a win for everyone. The only thing Whiteside needs to do is work with Miami. He needs to opt in before that June, before the draft on June 20th because, again, the Heat are probably going to want to make that deal before the draft so that they could go ahead and use that draft pick. Now, they don't have to. Maybe Miami would prefer a draft pick next year or in the future. But it would really help them now. It would really help them now because if you could get a draft pick now, that also helps you get off of some of these other contracts. It also helps your flexibility going into free agency. It helps all these things. So am I buying? Again, am I buying that Whiteside could get traded to Charlotte? <laughs> Maybe it's just this podcast, man. I, I'm sort of talking myself into it. It makes so much sense for everybody. It makes so much sense for everybody. And if you're Charlotte, you're really not taking on much of a risk at all. If it doesn't work out, you let him walk next year. Either way, he's definitely an upgrade over what you have. Is he going to be enough to convince Kemba Walker to stay? No. But what other, like, it's not like Charlotte's going to land Kevin Durant. Well, that's not a great example now. It's not like Charlotte's going to land Kawhi Leonard. It's not like that Charlotte can even, they don't even have the cap space to go get a Tobias Harris. Like, Whiteside might be the best that they can do. Okay? Whiteside and a bunch of other Whiteside type of deals. So, I totally buy it as a possibility. I totally buy it as a possibility, and I would say, I agree with Whiteside, stay by the phone. This could happen. The first thing that needs to happen is Whiteside needs to opt in. Once you see that, and especially if you see that before the draft, stay by your phone. Let's take a quick break, but first, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. And thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On Heat. If you're looking for a great Father's Day gift idea, and it's this weekend, so get on it if you haven't gotten your father a gift yet. Untuck It shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com and use the promo code NBA to get 20% off of your purchase. All right, I want to get to ESPN's mock draft, which is pretty interesting. We'll do that later, but I want to dig into the Anthony Davis stuff first. Um, ESPN reporting that the Lakers are engaged in trade talks that would send Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and the number four pick in the draft to the Pelicans. The Pelicans would then try to shop that fourth pick for an all-star player. And we've already heard that the Pelicans, in return for Anthony Davis, it sounds like they're finally opening up the doors to an Anthony Davis trade. David Griffin is taking phone calls now. He's understanding that this is realistic. They had lunch, uh, Griffin and Davis did. They had lunch a couple of weeks back. I think at that point, Griffin tried to convince Anthony Davis to stay. Anthony Davis said, look, you're great. This sounds great. Zion Williamson's going to be good for you. I still want out. And look, you can't blame anybody, and this is probably the right move because that bridge has been burnt. But the Pelicans could really do something here as far as rebuilding this team around Zion Williamson, who they are going to take with the first pick. If you could ship off Anthony Davis, and the idea here is that you get a couple of young players and an all-star player to pair with Zion, that that's a really good team. And by the way, they still have Drew Holiday there. Like, they could end up 
trading Anthony Davis and building a better team than what they had before Anthony Davis because of the value going out. And the reason why this makes sense from David Griffin, we really haven't seen a trade construction like this, or at least the plan for one. Usually in these all-star deals, you get some draft picks or young players back and you just hope that they they bloom, right? You hope that you get Victor Oladipo for Paul George and then Victor Oladipo pops. That's what you're hoping for. It rarely is the case. This makes sense, though. Because if you can get some assets back and be willing to part with those assets to go get another all-star player who might be disgruntled in a different situation, now you are able to grab those assets. You are trading your all-star. You are trading your superstar, Anthony Davis, for pennies on the dollar. Well, you could go ahead and trade those pennies for a different dollar. Because all these dollars are moving around all the time in the NBA. Right? This is the player movement era. This is the player empowerment era. That means all these guys are forcing trades and and making themselves available. And so maybe now pennies are worth dollars. I don't know. And the obvious thing here is Bradley Beal. You don't think Washington would take the fourth pick for Bradley Beal? If they feel like Bradley Beal is going to ask for a trade anyway? Of course they would. Of course they would. And Bradley Beal and Zion Williamson is a hell of a pairing. Drew Holiday and Bradley Beal on that backcourt with Zion Williamson somewhere in that frontcourt. And whoever you get with all the rest of the picks, you can add Lonzo Ball to that. You can add Brandon Ingram to that. That's a good roster with upside, tons of upside. That makes sense. Now, I know this is locked on heat, and you guys are probably wondering, okay, can the heat get in on this? I don't think so. Um... Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, there's there's the opportunity, and maybe it's even likely at this point, that a third or even a fourth team gets involved in this Anthony Davis trade. David Griffin, we know, is smart. He is not going... He's not going to get bamboozled in this trade. He's not going to get... Uh, he's not going to get taken advantage of by Anthony Davis. He's going to make the best decision possible. He's going to go and find... And, and, turn every stone and look under every opportunity to try to get the best deal possible in return for Anthony Davis. I just don't see how the Heat get involved. The best asset that they have, you could argue, is maybe Bam Adebayo or Justice Winslow Joshua, maybe the 13th pick. I don't think any of that stuff really gets them in the mix here. And if it does get them in the mix, it's definitely not landing them Anthony Davis. And it's probably not landing them any of this other super, these superstar players because if another superstar player is involved, that player is probably going to New Orleans, which is why the Pelicans would make the deal in the first place. So if any if there's any way where the Heat get involved, it's not going to be in any significant roster changing move. Um, so I wouldn't count on that. But this stuff still has ripple effects because the Lakers aren't the only team the Pelicans are talking to. They are also talking to the New York Knicks. They could they could be talking with the Boston Celtics. Now Rich Paul recently told Sports Illustrated that he'd he'd be open to all three of those teams, but if he, if they trade Anthony Davis to Boston, then he'd only be there for a year before hitting free agency the next year and presumably leaving, right? So I don't know that the Celtics do that because it's they're, they're going to let... Like Kyrie Irving is opting out. He's leaving. He's gone. Okay, that's according to all the new reports. He's gone. Nobody expects him back in Boston. Probably not. Now, if you trade for Anthony Davis, maybe you can convince Kyrie to stay, but if you're Boston, do you super want that even? Like, do you want Kyrie Irving to stay? Do you want to re-sign Kyrie Irving to, let's say, a one-in-one? One One year guaranteed, one year is an option. 
Let's call it a player option. And then you bring in Anthony Davis, understanding he probably walks. But you say, you know what? Let's bet on it anyway. All this stuff is weird. Let's bring both of them back and rebuild around Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis. Knowing that they're probably going to have to trade Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to get Anthony Davis. Yeah, I still don't like that for the Celtics. I still don't like that for the Celtics. Now, if Kyrie Irving was a little bit less of a, a weirdo, like if he wasn't always, you know, upending that locker room, like do you really expect them to be better if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't there? I don't. Like the young guys weren't the problem there. The young guys were the guys that was calling Kyrie out most of the time. Like we think all of a sudden Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis who seems to be waffling in this decision and kind of where he stands and handles all of these PR things the worst way possible, sort of like Kyrie, we think that's going to be a better situation. Do we really think that Danny Ainge wants to deal with that? Do we really think that Brad Stevens wants to deal with that? No. No. So I don't buy Boston as a legitimate destination. I still think it comes down to the Knicks, and I still think it comes down to the Lakers, and ultimately I think the Lakers can put a better deal together than the Knicks. The Knicks have the third pick, the Lakers have the fourth pick, but the Lakers also have a bunch of good young players. The Knicks have Kevin Knox. So I think the Knicks make a a couple of major moves in free agency. I ultimately think Anthony Davis lands on the Lakers with LeBron James. And that means the Knicks are gobbling up some other free agents. That means Boston probably enters a little bit of a rebuild mode, even though I'm not really sure how much of a rebuild you can necessarily call it. That team was still pretty good without Kyrie Irving. Um, They probably try to make a move somewhere else at point guard. Maybe Mike Conley, something like that. I don't know. But this Anthony Davis stuff is real. And it sounds like the Pelicans are finally serious about trying to move on from him. And uh, and that's going to be really big. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Let's take a break here. But first, today's show is brought to you by Grip6. Looking for a great Father's Day gift? Grip6 belts are ultra lightweight with no holes and no flap, which equals no bulk. Go to grip6.com slash lock for a special offer. And remember, to get this show every day, subscribe to Locked on Heat on the free Himalaya podcast app. It's a perfect place to listen to the podcasts that you love and discover new favorites to listen to. Check out their playlist and share and comment on your favorite shows and episodes. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Heat. Thank you to our sponsors, Hotels.com. Thank you to Untuck It and thank you to Crip Six Belts. Remember to listen to and subscribe to new and archived episodes of Locked on Heat on Himalaya as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. Okay, so ESPN posted their mock draft this week, and I wanted to talk about it because not only does it have the Heat picking an interesting player, it's got a lot of weird movement on the draft board here. So first of all, the Heat, it has the Heat taking Nasir Little, the wing out of North Carolina at number 13, passing on Romeo Langford and passing on Kevin Porter, who have in other mocks a lot of times been mocked to the Heat. Nasir Little... I've seen him landing to Miami in different mock drafts here and there. Not as much as these guards. But it's an interesting situation because the same mock draft, this ESPN mock draft, has Keldon Johnson, the Ford out of Kentucky who I covered on a blue notebook a couple weeks ago. Keldon Johnson goes number 10 to Atlanta, three picks ahead of Miami. And look, this is, this is the time of year where guys really start to move up that we really get to see who are the risers in this draft, okay? We remember Bam Adebayo. 
The Heat picked him at 14. Well, he was he was considered like a second round pick for most of this whole draft process stuff. And then a, a, a week before that NBA draft, we started seeing him popping up in the lottery. We started seeing him going to Denver. I think Denver picked at 13 that year. We started seeing him at Denver possibly at 13. Well, out of nowhere. And everybody, oh, who's this Bam Adebayo guy? Why is he all of a sudden showing up in these mock drafts? Because a lot of the guys who do these mock drafts are not just... They're not just bloggers who are just, you know, scouting dudes on YouTube and just picking places. A lot of these professional outfits are, they're talking to scouts, they're talking to teams, they're talking to executives. They're getting intel and they're trying to figure out, all right, where are these guys actually landing? Like, what's the range, right? Who's got who on their own draft board, right? It's not only about your personal draft board as a blogger or or scouter or whatever. It's not like, you know... Mel Kuyper has his draft board in, in the NFL, and you know it's not like everybody's working on that. Different teams have their individual draft boards. They've got guys off of their draft boards. Some guys might have Bull Bull, for example, at 11 on their draft board. Some other teams might not have Bull Bull on their draft board at all because they're either is- worried about his injury concerns or they don't have a need for a center or they don't really believe in his stretch potential at the center spot or whatever. So this is where stuff starts to get weird. This is where the teams, a week out, are really starting to formulate their own draft boards. That draft board I was just talking about. They are starting to solidify their own rankings. And so when you get guys, when you get the, the, these reporters, and in this sense you, you get ESPN starting to talk to teams and see how their draft board is shaking out, that's where you start to see these risers and fallers, right? I mean, we saw Brandon Clark, who, you know, some people have mocked him in the top 8, top 10, top 11. He falls to 14. Kevin Porter, top 10 in a lot of mock drafts. He falls to 18. Maybe there's continued issues with him. So I think if you look at this, and look, it's one mock draft and it's a week out. I get it. But if you look at this, there are certain guys who seem to be rising. And certain guys who seem to be solidified. And Kelton Johnson is one of them. Rui Hachimura, the Gonzaga forward, who we've talked a couple of times about on this show, seems to be rising. I think that's pretty interesting. And having Nasir Little at 13 and the Heat are working out Nasir Little again this week, I think it's very realistic. I think it's very realistic, and I would be paying attention to some of these these legitimate mock drafts. I'd be paying attention to the stuff. We're going to learn some stuff between now and next Thursday. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat or email us at LockdownEat at gmail.com. We'll try to get another show in this week, but if not, we're going to have a bunch of draft stuff for you next week, and we'll catch you then.